This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back. I'm here with Chris again. We're talking about employee benefit uh, topics as we lead into the what we call the open enrollment season, uh, or some of us in the industry just call it the fourth quarter rush, right? And so uh, we're getting prepared for all this, and employers should be doing the same. Welcome back, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Butch. Thanks for having me back again. The first talking point we're going to talk about today is understand the role of employee benefits in the talent attraction and retention which is, I think, um, if I recall right, well, the whole reason why health insurance was offered in the workplace to begin with, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, they, it, during World War II, they, were, they weren't able to give anybody raises, so they, but they were able to give people benefits. And that was obviously condensing a lot of things there, but that's kind of sort of the gist of how all this started. For sure. And, and it's been the, you know, the biggest incentive um, to attract talent ever since, right? And obviously yep. the there's also the, uh, you know, other retirement packages and other stuff that some employers uh, try to throw out there. But, you know, as a company grows, um, they definitely want to gain um, some type of competitive advantage. As you've probably seen, you've dealt with smaller groups, larger groups and everything in between. And these competitive advantage of offering benefits to begin with, because um, there's a lot of small employers, when I say small, under 50 employees don't offer these benefits and at all. And so by offering something uh, is usually a good start, but then you have to take it a step further as you move along. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, that you know, when you're, we're in this environment now where most employers do offer some sort of, you know, non-monetary compensation or, or offer, they offer benefits. And so as an employer, you know, how can you differentiate that, right? So that's, that's I think, the important key is that if you're just simply offering metal, or medical, dental, vision, 401k, whatever, but you just kind of list those out. Uh, there's certain people are are going to uh, rule you out as an employer if you're not listing out those benefits. But then again, how can you differentiate? How can you position yourself in a way that the benefits are the reason that they come to work for you? Um, and we've I've seen plenty of studies. I'm sure sure you have too, Butch. Where it, it, that's the number one thing that people will end up moving jobs for. It's not necessarily. Um, for higher pay or to to move to a di- different organization, it's typically they either leave the organization that they're at um, because they don't like their boss, or two is because they get offered a more robust benefits package somewhere else. Because as you know, like you just mentioned, the benefits package itself that's that's a huge piece of somebody's overall compensation, and so um, you know, so right or wrong, that's that's what they're looking at, and that's usually. The biggest indicator is if somebody's going to, whether or not somebody's going to move on, I should say. So. Yeah. And obviously, if you flip that coin, right, it's it's also used as a talent retention or I'm sorry, attraction, right? So talent attraction, because now that what your example was, is that one employee left to another company because of better benefits. Well, you could be that employer to offer those better, better benefits so you can attract those uh, type of talent. Right. Or, or even just simply prevent the people that you've got, the talent that you have, keeping them from leaving, you know, keeping them mm-hmm. in house by, yep. by, um, you know, the, the company culture. And I, I think that a lot of times your, your philosophy on compensation fits within that as well too. the culture that you're creating. So paramount. Yeah. Important. 
For sure. And so, and obviously with all that, it comes with employee satisfaction, right? And so we're trying to satisfy a need, right? Uh, minimize their financial worries um, uh, upon claim time, right? And it gives them a little bit of comfort of, of loyalty to that company. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And a lot of times, and I, I, I've i seen this with a lot of um, the companies because, you know, we start, sometimes we'll do startups, right? And then like they're super small and then they grow or scale um, that um, during that process, you could tell even feedback from your clients that there's an improved productivity because there's one less worry or they're offering, they're, they're happy to be there, right? They're, they're more pro- pro- productive um, overall. Yeah. Yeah. And we've even had that. This just happened with us recently. There was a group we helped to start up or we helped start up their, their benefits plan last year. And, uh, you know, at the time it was like, look, we just need to get this started. At the time they had about, um, I don't know, they had about eight or 10 people or something like that. So it was, a you know, again, very, very small, just needed something to, to get started. Um, and then their renewal came around. And by the time their renewal came around, they were up to 25. And even since then they're up to now they're up to 40. So your 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 benefits philosophy and um, and the way that you manage that plan is going to change over time um, as you know as you grow like that and as you um, continue to evolve your your business and your practice and, and whatever you're doing um, it's got to evolve along with that and so that's the thing I see a lot of times is that um, it just becomes one of those things well it's like hey. We're going to do it th- this way because we've always done it that way, and um, it doesn't matter, you know, what what line of business you're in or what what kind of industry you're in. There's always that tendency to just do what's familiar, um, you know, because it's just we know what that is. We when we want to just hit the easy button and and renew automatically when you know uh, again the 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 initial startup that has five to ten people is going to have a different priorities than you know, one that has 25 or 30 or 40 employees. And so you've got to be able to adapt to that. And you've got to be willing to um, challenge some of your assumptions and to uh, look at what else is out there and, and, and different strategic approaches for, you know, for, for whatever stage you're at in your business. Listen up, Butch wants to give you your own elite benefits playbook. And it's absolutely free from business strategy to benefit strategy. Every step from the start through implementation, account setup, and open enrollment. Working through service requests and the process of renewals. A valuable look at your company, your insurance options, and how to make the process easier on you. Go now to EliteBenefits.net slash playbook and get your free Elite Benefits playbook. Or give Butch a call today, 708-535-3006. I love that you brought up approach. And I love there's this idea that you had brought up multiple times. I have not engaged it, but uh, you and uh, Eric had put this uh, program together about uh, engaging in a shopping spree, right? So you increase. I mean, there's a lot of motivation that comes with that. There was some employees are just all about picking their own benefits, right? Shed some light a little bit on the shopping spree again. Uh, I know it's in other topics we talked about, but I I think it's a cool engagement tool um, to help retain um, your current employee base. Yeah, well, and really the the thought process behind it is not something that's you know totally um, that's totally foreign or out of the box. I mean, really, all we're doing is taking a defined contribution strategy. And applying it in a different way. And I got to give all the credit to Eric for coming up with this. I mean, he's the master marketer of, of you know, 
um, this industry on on the internet or certainly on uh, on LinkedIn. And, and he coined this shopping spree thing, but really all it is, is you're taking just like you do now with your defined contribution that you have for medical, you're saying, hey, this is how much we're gonna pay towards medical. Um, you can buy up or buy down. The difference is gonna be payroll deducted. And then, um, and, and then typically many times what we see is the strategy for, uh, for non-medical benefits, dental, vision, life insurance is typically those are kind of the core three that most employers would actually just simply pay for, and then many times the rest of it is voluntary, or there's some kind of uh, there's some kind of split. You know, whether it's uh, short-term disability, long-term disability, accident, critical illness, whatever the lines of coverage are. Well, with with the approach that we take, and that that Eric has led our our firm and our partnership to take, is that we just say, hey, hey look, you know, we've got our contribution uh, for medical, and that's its own separate beast, right? As we've talked about. But then with the non-medical benefits, rather than just buying everybody dental, vision, and life insurance, why not just allocate those dollars and say, hey, we're going to give you as an employee, whatever it is, 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, whatever it is, that you can spend on non-medical benefits. Whatever whatever you want, however you want to do that, it's up to you. But we're going to allocate this defined contribution amount that you can spend any way you see fit. And then during the enrollment process, it allows the employees to then finally have some of that decision-making power for themselves and allowing them to opt in for the things they really want. They may not care about dental or vision, um, or they may care about dental, but not vision. They may want to have their whole family on, on dental and not vision or have life insurance or buy up short-term disability or accident or hospital indemnity or, or pet insurance for crying out loud, whatever it is. The point is, is that we're taking that money that was already being spent by the employer and we're giving that to the employee to say, Hey, Here's the money that you can spend on benefits. Now you spend it however you see fit. And then again, just like your defined contribution with medical, if they go over that amount, so you know, let's if the contribution amount is 100 bucks and they spend 110, well then that $10 that that additional delta, that's going to be just payroll deducted, just like it is on the medical plan if they opt for the buy-up plan. And mm -hmm. and yet you're allowing them to decide what benefits are most uh, important to them and uh, and to their families. And everybody has a different situation. Everybody has a different opinion. Um, the thing I like to tell people is, look, if you just buy them dental vision and life insurance, that's all they're going to take, right? Because the, the benefits plan is the one year or the one time a year that they get to spend the boss's money. Well, now you're giving them that money. Now it must be spent on benefits. It's not as though they can keep that and or, or anything like that must be spent on benefits and they can spend it on any of those uh those, those benefits that are being offered and if you're and the, the smartest employers offer everything under the sun and just say hey here's your budget and you spend it however you see fit and and it, it it's greatly increases engagement um it really increases uh the employee's satisfaction overall in the benefits package because now if they're part of that decision um they can't really complain about it, right? I mean, they might have little complaints here and there, but you won't have these broad complaints from people that uh, that you've typically had because again, now they're involved in the process. So if they want to complain, they can look in the mirror, right? Because they're the ones that got to pick those lines of coverage that uh, that they're enrolled in at this point. So, yeah. Definitely. It, it offers a degree of flexibility and, and somewhat uh, personalization and, I think in the end, it creates an element of ownership. And 
uh, anytime you've uh, just I and not that I want to reference employees to kids necessarily, but but like uh, it's like engaging kids where you're able to create some type of you know fun activity um, and let them create it and own it themselves, and all of a sudden you got productive kids, right? And so um, yeah. these employees in the workplace they get excited about some of this stuff, and that's all that's great. That's what they're designed for, and that element of ownership gives. Um, them a little skin in the game, I guess, um, for the company. Right. And so there's definitely some, um, you know, the, it increases the important role of what employee benefits, um, does for the workplace. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a totally fair comparison. First of all, they didn't want negativity out of that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I think it's fair. Hey, kids, yeah. kids are human beings. We're all human beings and we all yeah, have the yeah. same tendencies. Kids just have less of a filter than us as adults. Right. So, <laughs> For sure. And obviously, and that's a reflection on your brand, uh, the company's brand, right? And so as these employees are further engaged and they're talking to the customers and clients of uh, those who you serve and pay you money, right? And that there's an ROI relative related to that. Um, and it gives a, a better image for the company. Oh, yeah.